You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast with host Adam Evans, within and without. Welcome. All right, cool. How you been? Good, good. You know what? Honestly, busy, stressful. Just yeah. so crazy busy right now. Um, we have the two restaurants on the go, but I've just got three more leases out right now that I've signed. Okay. So it's like I've got, it's like I wouldn't say I have any other birds in the hand, but I've got them all in a cage. So I'm just right on the right on the edge of just getting these other units going. And then it's, then they'll all be up within a year. So it's like I'll go from no restaurants when I sold El Jefe last year to having five within two years. Uh-huh. So it's just, the challenge for me is like being able to manage my time effectively, you know? And then also yeah. you have to grow, you have to grow your, you have to scale your people properly too, or you're kind of fucked. Uh-huh. And so why do three leases at once? Honestly, because I probably have a screw loose. <laughs> I don't, yeah. You know what it is? Is they're all they're all really good opportunities. So it's tough for me not to like. They're all they're all different. So I'll have three different brands going as well. So it's not all going to be the same thing. Original originally, I was uh, the idea was to just go only nomads, and I was just going to scale that. Now I've got two of the concepts: Nacho Bar and Bonsai. Nacho Bar is like a dive bar. Bonsai is like a Japanese fusion place. Um, that we're trying to put out there as well. And the timing, the people that I have are great. So just the timing worked really well. So, okay. So would you be launching those and then sort of separating them and wanting to sell that off later, like sell off that brand separately or keep it and sell off nomads or how, how would you, you structure that? What I'm hoping to do is sell everything eventually. Um, okay. What I'm thinking to do is if, if you look at like someone like Kara or Surcorp, they have three or four or more brands, obviously. And, um, if you can build, if I can build this many of them, I'll just dump the whole load probably in like seven or eight years when I hit around 40, 41. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably keep a few places like unique places that we'll build along the way that it may maybe be like, um, like a clubhouse kind of idea, you know, cause okay. I like the business and I know it well. It's just, honestly, there's, there's so many moving parts. You're, you're no matter what's going on. Like the, it's interesting. I'm in an interesting phase right now because the market's really down because the hike in minimum wage. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so that's actually why I'm moving so quick because the hike in minimum wage hit it's hurting so many restaurants. The number of restaurants that are going to close this year is like 25% in Ontario. That's okay. an alarming number. So what's the minimum wage at currently? I'm just, I don't keep 14, up. No, 14. I know it's, it's $14. Okay. So for me, so it's uh-huh. one of those things where, um, it went up 21% though. So the that's challenge is that's the, that's what, that was the hard thing. So it's not so much about what it is as much as how much it went up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the case. And then for me, it was also because we get, you get dis- where we sell a final product. So you have to deal with distributors, wholesalers, and all these other things. So um, our hard costs end up going up by 9%. So if you make 10% as a business owner, now you make one. Mm-hmm. So making, so you, your thought process would be, oh, well, I'll just increase my prices. Problem is the rest of the market didn't do that. Too many small businesses aren't going to feel it until their fiscal end. They, don't, they won't really realize what's happening until it's too late. And because they're not making that adjustment, you also can't price yourself out of the market. So, uh, the strategy is make some small adjustments, kind of eat your profit margins for the next couple of years. But as everybody's closing the, for, like for the next two years, leasing a restaurant will be at the lowest cost for the next 20, unless some real shit hits the fan. But I mean, based on how trends go and then also like buying chattels, refrigerators, kitchens, stuff, just anything you can buy it for 20, 10 to 20 cents on the dollar. So that's why for me, it's like when you know your market well and, and, it, and you're, you're like financially capable of doing it, you just move as quick as you can because you know in the next three to four years, you're going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's the play. And do you, what's the like most profitable thing that you sell in the restaurants? I mean, I, I assume you got your liquor license going and everything. Is that oh, yeah. the highest margin item, like the biggest ticket item? What do you want buying, yeah. for people buying the most? 
Uh, you, you know what, honestly, the way you build it, it's kind of, you try to equal out your cost so that your food cost is like 30 or less and your liquor cost is 30 or less. So certain things like your rail liquor, you're going to make a little more money on and draft, you're going to lose a little bit of money, like not lose it, but you're going to make, your margins aren't quite as good. So it kind of balances out. I mean, it's nice that we do late night. So we're lucky like probably five nights a week, we have a really good late night crowd from like, I don't know, 11 to two. So that helps because the thing is that the reality with that is it takes a lot less work to prepare a beer, just take the top off and serve it to someone. So your employment cost is way lower. So you're better off selling booze just for that purpose alone. Otherwise, the big thing with them is you want to sell the experience because it's not, I don't need someone to come in and be like, oh good, I, if, if they buy 10 of these one things, I want them to come in and love it so that they come back all the time. That's where the real value is. It's mm-hmm. not so much in what they're buying because you kind of, you balance it out. It, it evens out for you. Are you running any um, incentive contests, anything like that, where they get in there, they make a purchase, they post it on their Instagram, post it on the social media, they get a 10% off coupon, anything like that, share it with a friend, get a, get a discount, draw more people uh, in, all sorts of stuff? Not right now. I do like that. We had that idea at Danforth, but um, at Poor Credit, it's just been so so crazy. We just haven't bothered. Um, we are going to be doing stuff like that. I think, so we're opening up this new place called Nacho Bar. It's like I said, it was sort of our, our West Coast dive idea. Um, for that, it's, we're really, really getting big on social. So for me, I think it's almost, it's, it's super imperative that, um, we are all over everything when it comes to social media. So whether like that kind of stuff will be, will be crazy with it. Um, we were thinking of some things with the nomads hat because like we have the logo with the O and the line over it and because mm-hmm. of nomads traveler doing running a contest about people taking photos with their nomads hats on different parts of the world. But again, like it's interesting, but it doesn't, it's, it's sort of like kitschy versus driving sales, right? One of the hardest things to do, honestly in restaurants right now is driving sales from social media into your store. Like we've mm-hmm. had big influencers come in. We've had guys with a couple hundred thousand followers that are just food based. And you know, um, you know, you put up a video, it gets like 70,000 views, but you get like three people walk in. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem to translate. I don't understand. It's an interesting, it's an interesting problem to have. Like it's, you really have to focus in your local area for your restaurants. I find more than anything. Um, one of the things we did at Danforth that worked well was like actually door to door mailers, believe it or not. You know, it's more yeah. like old grassroots kind of marketing was more effective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose it would be for those local style of businesses. I mean, we briefly discussed the, the Instagram local marketing strategies and, and yeah. whatnot. Even the paid ads might do well. Have you tried that? The uh, paid advertising through uh, Instagram's PPC? Local? Um, I've, I've tried a couple. I've tried a couple little things, but nothing crazy. I think for me is... Um, I like to test the market when I know I'm going to be able to provide the content and keep it going. And I can actually be like, okay, did this work? What did it do? How did that? We did a bunch of stuff on Facebook. I spent some time there, but again, it was, the engagement was high. The interest was high, but it's like the instant gratification for people is like, they have to buy something. They mm-hmm. want to be able to click that button and buy whatever it is, the t-shirt, the shoes, the experience, whatever. So the tough thing is you, it's hard to get people on social media, getting excited about that and going into buy. We did have an idea to maybe start selling like, like just exclusive deals on Facebook. Like, you know, like the two can dine kind of deals or like, you know, get a $50 gift card for $35 kind of thing. So they do instantly have to purchase something and then they have to make an effort to come in. But we didn't, uh, we ended up dialing back on that just for the summer because things were a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But I do, uh, I do want to get creative with the marketing. I think that there's a big space right now in restaurants. If you can find a way to translate traffic on from social media into restaurants, you will make yourself very rich. Oh, of course. Yeah. Every single person will be trying to figure out and will be paying for your service to do that. Right. Right. You got to think of, uh, what's his name? Nurse at Salt Bay, right? He's got like, (laughs) what? 20 freaking restaurants now strictly from Instagram. (laughs) Like, uh, he's doing pretty good. 
Um, he's, he's a perfect example I can think of. Like literally, he's like opening up and opening up, opening up all across the world yeah. just from his damn freaking social media. It's, it's, yeah, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I remember seeing his videos when he had like under a million subs. He's just like flying up now. So yeah, if you can scale it exactly like you're saying, it's like it's a gold mine. It's just you know, especially when it becomes like a trendy thing to yes. be in that restaurant and make that like like people go to his restaurants now because it's trendy because yes. it's because they want to make a video on Instagram there and maybe he's there too like i just saw a video of some guy filming him cutting a steak at one of the restaurants and the guy while filming i don't know if you saw this he like fell over fell the chair, chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that's how it's yeah. become people are just they don't even care about the food don't care anything. they just want to film and be trendy and that's it so. it's, it's experience experiential marketing like you said they want to be a part of what's going on so mm. one of the things actually we're doing with nacho bar that i did with el jefe is there's gonna be like three or four items on the menu that are just fucking ridiculous like like I have an idea for like the Donald Trump nachos because you know how they do nachos like red, white, and blue. They're like different dyes. Yeah, yeah. So just it's something just it's such a ridiculous item. You know, like do the Mexican wall with tacos and just be stupid about it. Make it like a forty dollar item, but something so big and ridiculous that when people see it on social media, because so many people are foodies, they're gonna be like, I gotta go experience this. I gotta put this on my Instagram. So that draws people in. Like I used to do a five pound burrito at El Jefe, and it was all over social media. It was enough of a draw, you know, because yeah. I don't feel right now that me or anybody that's a part of our our business is a big enough brand themselves. So you have to find some way to draw them into that experience. So hopefully that's hopefully that works again for us. Yeah, and another perfect example is um, La Mana Bakery. I don't know if you've heard of that one in no, I Pickering. I think they are Port Union area. Uh, yeah. They have a pizza slice that's the size of a pizza, and nice. it's the exact yeah. same concept. Like literally, people go in, take a picture, hold it up. It's like I can't really see, but it's huge. Yeah, it's massive, and it costs about twenty bucks. Probably about the same size as, as a pizza, but I was even going to go in and post a picture with it. I'm still planning to do so, and it's just that exact like drawing people in for that crazy item. You know, I think I think it's especially you can mark those things up when they're just so I don't know interesting, unique. Oh yeah, yeah, you can you can, and it's it's the thing for me that I find it actually creates like you can mark it up and you can make your money off of it. But the reality is, if you sell it for fifty bucks or sixty dollars worth, it's fifth worth versus fifty rather. You know, you make an extra ten dollars, but it's like if you get it on forty social platforms without people that have followers, fuck the $10, who cares? Right. It's, just that, it's that thing that people need to be a part of. So we've got some people on board that, we, that, we're, that we're friends with that we know that have a decent following. So once we get that up, we're going to start to push that out there and see if we can get that to kind of create some traffic, hopefully. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that all unfold. Yeah. <laughs> it should be interesting because there is a lot of potential there and just playing around with the different marketing strategies. I mean, I, I, as you know, I don't have too many brick and mortar style uh, businesses. Uh, the last one I had was like a clothing store pop-up shop that I had years ago. Um, I ended up selling that, but uh, I haven't really played too much of the brick and mortar myself. I just do it for clients. And you know, yeah. for myself, I would love to experiment with that stuff uh, just because I, you know, just to see, actually see people walk through the door based on what you're doing. It's like the, the immediate, like, where did you hear about us or whatever? And it's like, oh, your Instagram. It's like, oh, wow, and you're yeah. here physically, you're here. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not too used to it. <laughs> no, it's one of the things I noticed works well. And so we're gonna, when we launch, um, and I've, I touched base with you on this, um, when we launch Nacho Bar, when we do the conversion, we're gonna do, we're gonna document the whole process. So basically we're gonna create like a reality TV documentary style thing of us train, like converting everything over. And then what I've done is I've, I actually have some good buddies at big bars down in Toronto. Uh, just popular, big places. They're going to come work there like once a week or once every couple weeks, something like that. So that I've got new people there all the time that have a draw. So they'll come to the place. But then we're actually going to set up like a talking head corner where we're going to light it. Like we're going to light it properly, paint it on the wall. I have a couple, like an, I have a camera, like an extra stand. We're going to leave there. And like when they go in, they can talk some shit on their shift. People can get drunk and go and talk on it. You can spin it around and face like the restaurant and stuff like that. So essentially we're going to keep like a 
reality TV concept going through like as like a marketing thing because you know one of the things Gary Vee says is if you have that pillar piece of content that you don't create or you don't create you rather document well fuck that'll probably be the easiest thing we can do and it might be interesting if it works what you'll see is people are going to want to be there to be a part of what they're seeing online they're going to want to come and experience it and be like oh I'm here doing this and blah blah like I'm on this show with all these other people that are like you know popular in the bar scene and da 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 so I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's like a bit of a science project to me. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd want to come and check that out too. I'd probably be on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, if it's interesting enough, right? And it's getting 10, 20,000 views and you see a bunch of people that are kind of cool or have followings or whatever, you're like, it's almost, it's like an opportunity for you to get this social exposure in real life. So I was like, yeah. that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. And do you have anything else on the horizon? Or is it just the, the, the restaurants that you're focusing on right now? Uh, a couple things actually, yeah. So I've got another platform we're launching. It's like a, it's a competitive product to like an Uber Eats or a Foodora or whatever it is. Um, the approach that we're taking that's different though is um, rather than just go for like a broad brand and like Foodora, Uber, whatever it is, we're going to be local. So like everywhere that we have a restaurant, we're going to open up a delivery system. Um, and it's like, think of it as like local eats, I would say, but like I'm doing one in Port Credit. We're calling it Port Credit Eats. You know, we're doing one at Danforth called Danforth Eats. So you have this sort of, and it's like four restaurant owners, like, sorry, yeah, four restaurant owners by restaurant owners. That's kind of the concept. So one of the big things is that Uber and Foodora and all these other guys, they gouge in their pricing. Like you lose 27% per sale. So you lose money. When you sell food, you lose money. Mm-hmm. You can't do it because like, your margins aren't that good. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're coming in at like, we're coming at 15%. There's money to be made at 15%. It's also a small business. We do the delivery through our own restaurant, even though it's not masked as Nomads or Nacho Bar. It's just like the local eats brand. So we know that delivery will be good. Uh, so there be no issues there. We know that uh, we can manage it. It'll be all within our neighborhood. And people like small business owners want to work within their community. So we're kind of pitching this. It's part of the community thing, even though we'll pop them up at different locations. And then the big thing is just geography. So every time we open a restaurant, we do the same thing. And it helps our brand get exposure for I mean, next to nothing, obviously, because we're not going to charge ourselves for delivery. But then also we get, we get to take in a piece of that um, financial pie. But what's happening in that business right now, it's all about like backend mergers. And it is a huge, 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 huge game. So like, um, not, uh, what is it? Just Eats? No, not Just Eats. Um, Skip the Dishes. They sold for like $400 million. Oh, sure. And they, they did a great job. I actually went to school with one of the girls who's dating the CFO. And she's a great girl. Uh, and they did a really good job of their business. And their model was great. And they've covered a lot of geography. But the big thing is people are buying geography more than anything. So if you don't worry about your margins for like, say, two, three years, and all you worry about is landscape, someone's going to come in, basically buy it out for a huge price, and then do whatever model they want but they know they have the customer base, which is where the value is. Right. So we're doing that. Um, so that's, that's kind of top of mind right now. Um, vertical, which you know about, which is, again, it's a bit in the back burner. It's just so tough to get all the content ready for that, which yeah. is like that. It's an influence marketing monetization platform, essentially. And it's just tough to get all of our ducks in a row and get that ready to go. Um, just yeah. because you know how it is. It's just, especially rest- restaurants in the summer are so busy that it's hard to make the extra time. Uh, the last thing actually is we're jumping back into and, and with your help and everything is media. So like our, we have, we have a company like do Alive media. Um, we started it uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. And what we were doing is basically it's a personal brand building company. And essentially I think, and you would know this well, when you're an entrepreneur, what you try to do is you try to build one to two to three to four, five companies that work in synergy, right? So if you've got the restaurants, then I've got a construction company. I build my own restaurants, you know, and then I've got a media company that'll promote this and all these other. So they kind of work synergistically in, in a, in a sense. And, what, what the value for us is if, if we build, say, eight, 10 restaurants with the development company 
now that development company can actually go get its own work because it built all these successful restaurants. You know, and if the branding company can build the restaurants and anything else that's kind of in its way, now the branding company has some weight and can go pick up work outside just because it built our own brand. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So uh, we're giving that a big push. I've got two or three interns on right now, which has been good. Um, people that are just basically working at the restaurants. I've worked with them in the past. We're doing filming, editing, all the other stuff. But we're focusing on content creation because I feel like, and, and you, can, you can actually verify this for me more than anybody probably, um, it's no long, companies are no longer reaching out going, build my following to a million. They're coming out and going, can you make content for us? Can you make good content? You know, people are posting like, you know, Park Bench the other day made a post for a job looking for a D-Rock, like the guy who falls around Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. If people are looking for someone to create amazing content for them, and I don't know how to build a million followers on anything. Like I just don't, or I'd have a million followers. But I, I think it's got to a point now where the Wild West aspect of it is dead. You don't just jump on there and go, oh, I got a million followers now because I'm a hot chick. Like, that's just dead now. You can't do it. You have to have value. And the only way you get value is through consistent content and good high-quality content. So I feel like a lot of people in the next year to three years are really going to be looking for people to come on board because I truly believe that every company and every person is going to become brand first and then what you do. So I think that that market is going to open itself up a lot in the next few years. Yeah, it, does. it makes a lot of sense. Content is is king. It's funny. It's like that's the thing for 2018, especially. It's like the, yeah. the biggest possible thing. I mean, we're we're still discussing back and forth like one post a day and trying to hit that, but really like <laughs> people know. are crushing six posts a day. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, I even talk to a lot of those people, and um, you know, we're in, we're in some messaging groups now with with a couple of them, and it's just like they wake up and it's like their day is is making content and engaging and networking on Instagram, on these platforms. And it's like, that's their full job. And I mean, I think this is only something that's really come to fruition over the past two years that people can actually wake up and just stare at these little devices. And like, I'm working right now, you know, and just like yeah. around Instagram, I find it's like a balance for me of just trying to see at what point am I wasting time? And at what point am I doing something that's actually productive and efficient? And it's yeah. funny because it's, it's such a quick switch. Sometimes I'll be scrolling on Instagram and it's like, you know what, the past five minutes, I've just been, Dicking around. Time. I'm not yeah. doing anything efficient here. I'm just screwing around. So it's like I have to know when to stop that. And you know what? It's just yeah. it's really it's finding that balance right now. It's tricky for me. Um, even producing my own content first of all, but then producing it on like my other accounts. And like uh, it's funny because I'll, I'll focus so much on my own. I flip over to my other accounts, and I'm like, oh shoot, I haven't posted in like four days on this one. I'm yeah. Like, Holy crap. So I got constantly and I, and you notice it immediately. You, you get the immediate feedback from your followers, from your audience. Like the followers either drop off, the engagement mm-hmm. drops off. Like it's like right there. It's like, you know, I'm, I need to be better at that. I need to get better every single time. I was actually talking with Grace, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, cause I posted this yoga picture, right? Um, of like some yoga pose. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was her idea, and she wanted to go out and do the yoga pose. So I, I was like out in the rain. She's like, "Ah, oh, she got this whole picture and this idea how she wanted to do it." I took the picture for her. She's like, "No, nah, the raindrops aren't splashing hard enough to make the picture look cool." And I was like, "You know what? It's not about that. You just need to get it out. Your next yes. post is going to be better. Your next post out of that, better, 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 better. But if you stop here, you're not allowing that compounding effect to take place." I hopped on her idea. I basically took her idea. I was like, "Let me take yeah. a shot." <laughs> Boom. I'm like, you know, it's one of my most best performing photo posts. And that's how it goes. You never know when just making that little effort, you know, even I'm, yeah, I wasn't fully satisfied with that post right as I'm making it. And it's funny, I have that happen to me all the time. I'm like, you know what, I'm not, I don't think this is a perfect post, but then I, I just 
hit share anyways because I'm like, what is a perfect post, you know? Yeah, you know, exactly. You learn as time goes on when you do it and just a trial and error process. So yeah. now I know I can do more yoga stuff. Like that's yeah. it. I, mean, I don't post it too often, but I can start to integrate it because I got that immediate feedback from the community. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. Like I got so many DMs from that post. People like, how did you do that pose? How did you do this? And like, how, why don't your fingers hurt when you're... And I'm just like engaging with the people through messaging. And I think Instagram algorithm picks that up. I think they know that I got a DM from the post. I responded back to the community. I engaged. I helped them. They know. Because all of a sudden, yeah. my post performance goes up. I hit the explore page more. Uh, like I'm just looking at the analytics. It just all makes sense. So I think that a lot of what we don't realize goes on in the background with Instagram's algorithm. It, like it really is happening. They want you to be run it like a community, you know, like really. Yeah, they want you to be super par participative as much as you can yeah. be. You have to, you have to. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I think a lot of times you sit there and wait for the perfect piece of content or anything. And for me, I'm, I've taken to the, like, the idea that, like, just get shit out. Like, obviously, I, that's why what's nice with the production team is that there's, it's good production quality. Like, like you know, the, it's, it's transcribed. The video looks good. It's, the sound is good. The lighting's like, what, it's fine. You know what I mean? But it's not perfect. I don't put filters on anything because it's like, then, then you have to try to upkeep something that is too perfect that you can't. So I'm just like, fuck it, whatever. You know, as long as it fits the brand, then just throw it out. I think for yeah. me, the hard thing is I can't stay focused because I, I'm not one thing. You know, like uh, you showed me your buddy the other day, uh, Gorilla Zen, I think it was. Yeah, and yeah, like his yeah. stuff's great, but it's hyper, hyper focused. Yeah, it's niche. I don't know. Niche, yeah. yeah and, I don't, and I think that that's real. I think that goes a long way to help you get a good build. Mm -hmm. But I mean... For me to be true to myself and where I think my brand's going to be in five years, I can't be. High, I can't just do fitness. I can't just do entrepreneurship. I can't. I have to kind of be the full spectrum of who I am. So it's hard to sort of put stuff out and promote it because a lot of times people. I promoted one video they, and they looked at it and then they like a number of people came to my page but didn't join, didn't like it, didn't follow me. And it's like there may not have been enough content that was just like what I promoted. But it's, I don't know, I think there's going to be inertia for me out of the gates. It's going to take a while. But I think once I catch my stride, I, I think it'll blow up. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, catching your stride. I mean, exactly like with my post I just made that's a yoga picture. I would say I've only posted like two, three other yoga pictures to date. The rest of it is all like fitness, food, this type yeah. of stuff. But based on that, I know that every – see, how I work based on the whole total grid. So right now, every sixth post, I'm doing one of those quote pictures. Yeah. So every sixth one, I'm like, boom, quote picture because it works for my grid the way I want it to look. Now I can integrate the yoga post maybe on the fourth, third – you know, I can slide it in and just have one ready and always have yoga post ready, quote post ready. So I know that when that third post hits, boom, it's up. Uh, today I was going to film like a, a training video, but I don't, I don't know if you, I, I mentioned on social earlier, but I wiped out skateboarding this morning. So I'm kind of um, wow. not feeling, not feeling entirely <laughs> up to it. So I was, I was like, I'm going to do a squat video and something like, like my hip feels jacked up right now. So uh, I don't think I'm going to do it. Take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably just going to do, actually I messaged Gorilla Zen because uh, I was, I was just asking him like, Hey man, what should I do for my knee? My patella's like inflamed right now. My hip is jacked. So he's like giving me some tips on how I can mobilize those areas. Um, but yeah, like it's really important to kind of experiment and then just see what works best for you. For him, I know he's so niched up with his account. Um, it works really well. Even for my podcast, this podcast account, it, it yeah. does pretty good because it's just so niche. Like it's like, that's all I post is like relating to spirituality or uh, business or podcasting, whatever it may be. And people just love it. So I, I noticed that I get pretty good return in terms of follower growth and whatnot on that account, especially when I run ads. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just about finding that stride. I think is really important. And I think you're getting there, like, especially for yours, if you're doing like that fitness post, um, yeah. you, know, you did one recently where you're showing yourself all jacked and tanned and whatnot. If you did that, like every 
like a, like every sixth post, you just know yeah. I'm going to be posting a shirtless. I started taking on my shirt more in posts too because I noticed those. Before. It does better. It yeah. always does better. Yeah, I noticed. Like, it's one, so, like it's one of the things where the vanity is not there. Is that I'd actually rather do other things. So I think I add value in other ways. But people are like, oh, I want to see you with your shirt off. I'm like, fuck, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That's what it is. You're like, all right, fine. I mean, it doesn't take away from who you are, but you're kind of like, well, this is the like I put out videos. Like when I do rants or other entrepreneur videos, I'm like, there's a lot of value here because this is a really big lesson for me. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, this is like, this is fucking gold. And it's like, nah, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, yeah, like, how does yeah. that Take your shirt off. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. all right then. But it's, yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think that's one of the big things is I, I want to get into more of a pattern where it's, there's a little more structure. So right now I am, I have been posting every day for like two weeks, roughly, maybe not quite, but close. So I've been good. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it's getting into that system where it's like you said, um, you know, I do rant maybe twice a week or then I do like, I post one or two other things, maybe one for the podcast and one for like a Z2B video. And then it's like maybe two or three other things have to be fitness. Fitness is so good. It works so well on Instagram and because like you and I both have an aptitude for it or we're chasing something down. Like you do your power lifting, you look good. I do my like, like physique stuff. I look good. So it's like, it's a big part of kind of, it's actually where a lot of our audience probably came from. So we can't really shy away from it. But eventually, I'd like to try to work people over, you know, towards more of the entrepreneur stuff. But we'll see. Right, right. I think the fitness, uh, it validates somewhat what you're doing when you talk about entrepreneurship or motivation or anything like that. Because it's like, I can apply this to business, but I can apply it to my body, to my wellness, to my health, you know? That's fair. Uh, yeah, like that's I, I, I do the powerlifting because I'll, I'll post, I'll, I'll have my phone doing a story and I'll talk about some woo-woo, spiritual, something or other that's just like, maybe goes over some people's head, maybe just doesn't make any sense, but then I'll go and post a, a, like a lift. Just, it's so contradictory to the other style of content. It's just to show another, I don't know. It's all, I'm almost like, uh, imagine that you have a, um, a closet full of masks that you can put on. So you just put right. on this mask, you know, I'm a fitness strong dude. I'm a spiritual dude. I'm a, this, but like you said, you want to have a whole variety of masks. You don't just want to constantly throw on the same one, like those right. girl accounts or those ones that are super niched up. You just want to show that you're just a, a completely diverse individual. So yeah. I think that there's a lot of longevity there. Even when I was speaking with some uh, YouTube um, staff members or something, they try to help me tailor my channel content and whatnot. And I was telling them like my channel on YouTube is not super niched. So the growth isn't just ridiculous like a lot of other people. And from their perspective, they're like, no, what you're doing is great. The diverse ones actually have a lot of longevity because once they do catch on, you yes. can post whatever the hell you want. People yeah, are just, yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a turtles race with that one. You know, you're not, you're not the rabbit or the hare flying through. You just got to be patient, produce the content and just wait for the results. Like my, my YouTube's been pretty slow, um, over the years, but uh, I think it's starting to do a little bit better now, especially Instagram as well. Like I'm trying to really integrate yeah. everything, uh, but that was their take on it. And I thought it was really neat because from their perspective, like they got off the phone with me, they called up someone else and they had that full range, like of knowing what channels are going to perform better, especially over time. So I think we just have to hold out and just wait, you know, be patient. Yeah. I mean, I think for you, I think for you, it's the same thing for me. It's like, we do other way. We have other ways to make our money. So we don't look at this as like just a business. Like I look at it as a long game. So for me, it's like when I finish doing restaurants in the next seven, eight years, I hope to, I mean, I'll do a lot of other things along the way, but I hope at that point that I've actually developed a following that's big enough in that time. Like I'm realistic to think like seven, eight years from now, you know, and it might take a year, it might take two years, I don't know, but my long game is like, I'm just going to keep doing the content because it's kind of like my brand, like our restaurant Nomads. Nomads isn't like Mexican, it's not Italian, it's, it's Nomads, it's everything. So you hit, the, you hit inertia right away because people are like, well, what do you have? What are you? 
You know, it's so when they come in, the food's great, service is great, and our customer retention's phenomenal. But sometimes getting them in the door because they don't know exact because you're a little bit of everything is challenging. And that's the same, but at the same time, if you look at any restaurant that scales, like Earl's, Milestones, Moxie's, you go there, you can get sushi, you can get fried chicken, you can get all of it. You get something from everywhere because at that level, that's what you have to be able to provide. It's just getting out of the gates with that, like you said, being a diverse content producer. You're like, well, fuck, this is going to be a bit of a slow build. But once it yeah. catches fire, we'll be good. We'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is a lot like that restaurant menu, too. Yeah, because if, I mean, you're starting up that new one, which is more specific to. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's you're going to be able to compare the two. But I think that there's a lot more longevity in the other approach. So yeah, it's something that we're working towards anyways. I've, I've actually taken on a few different new projects myself too. And you mentioned synergy earlier. So I, I, it's very, that is very true. I always try to synergize what I'm doing. I'm really heavily focusing more on, on I think we briefly talked about it, but Amazon now, like selling on Amazon. And yeah, yeah. basically just want to, just more ways of like working smart, not hard. You know what I mean? Like just taking a good chunk, a heap of cash, creating some products, throwing it on Amazon, creating a brand and just sending all of it to their warehouse and letting them deal with it. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I just want to wake up, open my phone and just like see cha-ching, 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 like yeah. the whole way down. I don't want to even have to talk to anyone. I don't have to deal with anyone. Yeah. Like, that's my approach. So it's something I've been building over the years and uh, just building it with different businesses, different brands. And yeah, the Amazon thing is something I'm really excited about right now. So I'm actually like today I was in the process of, uh, doing a lot of product research and whatnot. I'm already like 15 hours in on product research. So it's been pretty interesting, but um, yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I like, it's like, if you can create a machine that can build a brand that can market a product, you can pretty much sell anything. And that's yeah. what it's like online right now. So if that's where you're headed and what you're doing, it's just, if you're, you can't lose, you just see what's happening in the market, what's going on. And the quicker you can move, the better you're going to be. And if you can pump something through, if you can build a brand through social and market it effectively through Amazon, like you're just going to win. You can pretty much do anything. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's kind of a fail safe. That's a, it's like a bank. I like it. That's a good yeah, strategy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love, even this morning I woke up and I thought, you know, you can do anything. Well, every person has the opportunity to do anything with their day, with their 24 hour day. And a lot of people, they go into an office, they sit at their desk and they're just, you know, I have a lot of buddies that are in accounting for large government thing. And it's just like, they tell me their day and it's literally like they, they sometimes they don't experience sunlight, like especially in the winter seasons, they'll, they'll yeah. take the, um, you know, the transit in, be under the tunnels, go up to their office, come back out, the sun is gone and that's their day. And it's like, they just sat grinding away at a desk and it can really eat away at you. So I find it's hard for those types of people to get that motivation to start something out on their own. A lot of times they get home and they just feel so drained. They don't want to work out. They don't want to eat properly. They don't want to do any business stuff for themselves. It's just, it's like lacking that motivation to, to access your pure potential, like in, in that 24 hour day. So today I just woke up and I felt this like right, right before I wiped out, I felt so blessed for having that opportunity, you know, just waking up and it's like, well, you know what, what am I going to do today? I'm going to make, and I've gotten this in my mind now that every day I want it to be a 10 X day. You know, nice. I want to wake up, I want to make a product and you know, if I, if I invest 500 bucks to buy 500 units of the product, then I want to turn that into 5,000. I want to turn in, you know, the next day, 50,000 next, you know, just constantly yeah. growing and, and improving and having that opportunity and just recognizing that it's there. It's always there for you just, just to be grasped. Right. I think everything is in this, like when I started getting the more woo woo talks, I think everything is in like an etheric plane. I think everything is in like a conceptual space, you know, almost like you, you come up with an idea, you throw it up in the air and it's there for you. You just have to reach up and kind of claim it, bring it down, you know, bring it down. You have to create, you have to, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm actually very much the same way. I see a lot of things like that, like collective consciousness and shit. Like it's, it's a very real thing. And I think that like you, you nailed it where a lot of people get stuck in a bad pattern or a bad, 
um, routine. And for some reason, they can't pull themselves out of it. They, they sit in, like I did a rant recently about waiting for an opportunity. You can't wait. You have to go create it. I think people don't know what they want. They don't know the strategy. They don't know they have to go actually do it and get something out of it. And I think they get stuck in such a hole of like a, this accounting hole and not seeing sunlight and doing these things where the longer they go, I think the harder it gets to snap. Mm-hmm. And like it yeah. just strengthens that like synapsis in the sense where it's like, this is just who I am and what I have to do. So it's, I would say that we're lucky in the sense that we get to spend our time doing what we want. We're young enough that we've actually realized how much control we have of our lives. And I would say in the next like 10, 20 years, we're going to cause a lot of shit. It'll be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And it is like people, it's, it's that conditioning. And then all of a sudden they think that, like you said, that is their reality, you know, yeah. that is the only reality they come to understand, but really it's just one construct, you know, and it's just one and a construct to me is something that is, is inherently supposed to be broken. You know, right. and, uh, like there's, there's systems and then there's systems busters. I consider us to be systems busters because we understand, recognize the system, you see it, but every game is meant to be played, you know, in, in its own unique way. And, and then you can also like hack games and you can hack life. And I think when people get in those patterns, it's like they don't realize they have that opportunity there. They don't realize that they could just make that shift or that adjustment. Um, <laughs> it's tricky for me because I, tr- I speak with a lot of these people that are in those situations and it's like, I don't want to... Like I try to encourage that they can do like even this one particular buddy, I'm thinking about this an accountant, he bought a squat rack. It's in his basement. He, he doesn't use it. It's set up there. Like he has all this gym equipment. He just doesn't use it because he gets home. Like he had the initial motivation when I actually started getting into powerlifting, going back like five, six years, he was like, oh shit, okay, I'm going to get a squat rack too. Like, and you know, he was motivated by watching me and what I'm doing. And that's what I hope to achieve when I show stuff to people. I get a lot of mixed, mixed reviews because a lot of people think that I'm just trying to be flashier show something off and it's like no i'm just trying to show you that you can make a decision to live how you want to live in that moment, yeah. every moment yeah. you know um but then yeah he, he like set up squat rack and everything just hasn't used it for five years like still not in the greatest shape still kind of depressed well yes depressed 100 percent. so it's like it's a tricky thing to get people out of that state of mind and you know i just keep striving forward to try and do that like i hope people watch this podcast and they're like wow these guys, like, yes, let's do it. I know what they're talking about. It's there for me. I want to, I want to claim it. I want to take ownership of my life. Um, yeah. I think the hard thing is for people, I think it's, it's repetition. It's, it's as many times, not quite as many, but as many times as they've been doing the same shitty thing every day that they don't love is almost as many times they need to hear that they can make a change and get somewhere with it. You know what I mean? And it's amazing how, like, I wish people would have at least a modicum of success in a direction they, they really appreciated because momentum is such a crazy thing. Like, once you start, like you said, you condition yourself. And once you realize what is actually out there and what you can do and how you can spend your life, you never, you, you don't, like, I think so many people just, they feel that they're a victim of a capricious set of circumstances. You know, it's almost like they're the reader in their life's suspense and instead of, like, the author in their life of excitement, in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they yeah. just, they don't, they, don't, they don't pick it up. And it's a lot of times coming from people like us. And, I mean, you gauge your audience and the person you're speaking to. But a lot of times it's, like, it, it seems fluffy. It does seem like bullshit because I think a lot of people only know their own experience and that's what life is. So they don't expect it to be any other way. And when they hear that it can be, you almost sound like, like you said, you got to almost be careful not to get on your horse because people are like, oh, easy there, bud. Like, whatever. It's like, no, I'm just trying to help. Mm-hmm. I just want you to realize what's out there, but it's one of those, I guess you can lead a horse to water kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are very sensitive to it. You know, even people, close, you know, even when I, when I speak to grace, um, just very sensitive to it. Like if I try to give some suggestion or some opinion, it's not like I'm trying to kind of come from some high place. At the end of the day, I want everyone to succeed. Like I want I'm the exact same way. Yeah. It's just that I, I, I speak a lot. Like I know you speak a lot too and, and I'll rant and I'll say things and it's like, don't get caught up on Adam Evans ranting. Just focus on what's being said and try to 
you know, if you need to even just twist that and paraphrase it in your own mind, however you want, that's going to communicate properly to you, just do it. But don't get yeah. caught up on the verbiage of what I'm saying. I even posted a, one of those quote spiritual pictures, yes, two days ago, something like that. And someone commented on it and said, define spirit and define spiritual. And I got in like a lengthy uh, discussion debate with a uh, philosophical materialist who's basically thinking or saying that the, he, he or she doesn't believe in anything that's not being able to, or it can't be represented in a lab, you know, physically shown like here's spirit right here. You know, I can prove it. I can, I can touch it. I can. And it's like, it's really hard to get through to people that are just, just seeing things in, in the one way or just, just taking words and just taking the one definition for them and having this tunnel vision view of like what that is. So I'm just experiencing more. I feel like when people have an expectation and I think that everybody has a screen over every word, you can say mom and someone can think love. They can also think abandonment. So no matter what you say, people have a pre-screen and when people fixate on these things and they're not flexible or fluid on how they're going to, if they're going to change their opinion or how things work, they're kind of fucked. It's like, it's like, like I don't get into religion talks with people. If they're like, Oh, I have blind faith. I'm like, okay, then I'm not even going to bother talking to you about it because you believe in something that there's no room for opinion or conversation. You know, so you leave it alone and it's a shame when you meet people that it's like they fixate to something that is actually to their detriment and they're not willing to sort of be, like I said, flexible on changing their mind or growing or expanding or becoming better. It's like, I never understand. Like, I think over association with anything is dangerous. Whether, even if you over associate with being a doctor or, you know, a lawyer or whatever it is, when you over associate with anything in particular, you sort of limit yourself from whatever else could be happening. You know what I mean? Or wherever else you could be. Maybe a doctor is only what you were supposed to be for 10 years of your life. Then you're going to go, I don't know, be an astronaut. Fuck. I, you know what I mean? It's somewhat arbitrary, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people, they, they become a little too fixated on their opinions and what they think they know is right all the time. And for me, I, I think that is probably one of the most detrimental concepts. I actually think pride is the number one killer of success and growth. That's yeah. what I believe. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah. And I've been caught in that a bunch of times as well. It's really hard in that moment to to give something space enough that you can recognize pride arising within yourself and know that, Oh yeah, I see that you want me to go that way, but maybe I should just kind of back down or lay off this and let, you know, yeah, it happens a lot, especially in business. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. man. Male ego is such a dangerous and fragile little thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that once you have like a male ego or, you know, um, people in, in social media, people in the public eye that have like a, such a strong masculine ego, but to have such a, also that yin side of them as well, that yielding side, you know, to, yeah. to really check the pride. I think that those individuals and, and, you know, we're much, much akin to that. Those are the ones that are carrying forth like a new generation of content, a new generation of communication and transmission of like what's really truthful, what's really absolute, what's important in, in the world, you know, not, not the, the illusions that constantly, you know, perpetuate everything that those false identities and, and stuff like that, you know, just seeing yeah. through it, seeing past it, I think is really important. That's a really, really good point. That was very well put. I like that. Yeah. Well, I, I did just have a podcast with a freaking monk recently. It was pretty interesting. Oh, okay. That's I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's like a disciple of, um, of the Dalai Lama. So it's pretty oh, awesome. talking to him. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really enjoying this podcast as a whole, like just, just getting different people on. Um, yeah. Right now, I'm actually scheduling Vita Guerrera as well. So I'm looking forward oh, nice. to that. Yeah, yeah it's going to yeah. be pretty cool. Um, just like reaching out to people and being like, hey, let's let's have a conversation about something, you know. And I, and I, even with her, I sent her a message like, hey, let's just talk about joy and love and how to perpetuate that. I don't even care about like, we don't need to talk about your modeling or any, you know, anything like this. Like, I, I just we completely do away with all that. I think that she expresses herself through her physicality, but I think yes. that's just that's just. <clears throat> 
that's part of the illusion. That's part of the false identity. You know, there's something deeper behind there that I really want to kind of chip away at. And I think that happens with everyone. I think everyone has that, you know, it's just like hundred percent. They carry that false identity so much. So sometimes it's like, they don't even realize there's something under there to be chipped away. At, you know? so I find this like, a, I call it a social mask. I think that people get caught up in it. It's like, they're always trying to be something they're not, or it'll change from time to time or whatever it is, but they're so fragile. It's because if they're not being honest with themselves and you see it everywhere, you, it's almost like if you're like you and I, I don't know what you'd call it. People call it, I, I, there's so many different things, but I mean, when you are aware that you, that there's an ego and sometimes you get revved up and you're like, Whoa, whoa and then you can be, you can calm the voice in your own head it's so easy to see other people that don't have control over it. Yeah. It's kind of uh, it's tough. It's a tough thing to see. You can, you can see it, you know what it is. You know what I mean? So that's crazy. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. That'll be interesting. I like Yeah. It. That'll be pretty fun too. There's a few others that I got lined up. Like I, I shot a bunch of uh, emails to clients, like business clients that they have like multiple different corporate things. Half of them didn't reply to me because you know, it's funny. They only reply if it has to do with their business and they need me to do something, but they completely disregard like, Hey man, you want to come on my podcast? They're like, eh, I don't know. Nice. <laughs> That's how business people go. So, but I actually have a couple of them scheduled. Um, one of them is in Hong Kong. He's like, he's got multiple businesses. He's like an investment company. So it's going to be neat nice. too. But Good. yeah, yeah. Just really excited for it. And, and on this, that note, actually your podcast, you've been pumping out more content with that and your brother and everything. Yeah. Um, do you have like a set schedule for that? Uh, we try to do it every Monday. It's just, we're falling a little bit behind in terms of editing right now. Uh, Michael's learning the editing process from Megan. So he's, he's, he's catching up, but it's also just making the time for a lot of other things. Um, so yeah, we try to do it every Monday, but then I've also started picking up other things like I'm doing this with you. Uh, I did another podcast the other day with um, Get a Grip Studios up in North York. And then uh, I did the thing with Miss, like at Celebration Square um, for the, with uh, Insaga News. So I've had other things that are keeping me kind of going. So we're trying to get them in once a week, but I think realistically once every two weeks is probably going to be our, our, our move soon. But we'll mm -hmm. see. That's still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, this I probably put out. Yeah. Every, every two weeks I'd say on average, Yeah, I, I think it's just another great medium that, uh, and for someone, especially such as yourself, you know, a speaker, I think it's really important to, to get on these platforms and your brother's great too. And the back and forth and the banter and everything yeah. is really great. So. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll put anyone that's listening to this, I'll put all the links yeah. to your podcast and everything else in the description and your Instagram and all that stuff right. so that uh, people cool. can check it out. But, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have any too other, too much other questions or anything to go over with you, but, um, Thanks for being on again. And uh, oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I always enjoy chatting with you. I feel like you and I have a very, like we're yeah. very, like our mindset's very similar. We do different things, but our mindset's always very much the same place. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Like I, people I, that are kind of on that same, you know, wavelength. That's nice. I yeah, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the hashtag hustle hard and it's we're part yeah. of the movement. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Well, that's nice. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, it'd be nice. I'll have you out here one time to do it with me and Mikey as well. That'll be interesting. It's yeah, a bit of a, it's, cool. a bit, it's a bit of a gas, but I mean, like, you know me, I still do my entrepreneur thing while I'm on there. So it'll be good to have you on. Uh -huh, uh -huh, for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Well, I'll uh, talk to you again soon and I'll see you on social media stuff. Sounds good, bro. Thanks. See you. All right, later.